Nerds, and welcome to The League, exploring the League of Legends lore from A to Z. My name is Rebecca. And I'm John. And my name is Mark. And today we are talking about the dark child Annie, who was released uh, in February 21st, 2009. She was one of the uh, original, yeah? I think I think so. We've got a lot of old champions so far. I didn't realize they were all on the A's, but uh, apparently... They really liked A champions in the beginning there. They did. I guess. It was their thing. Yeah, that was about what I knew about Annie before reading her uh, her bio, is that sh- she was one of the first ones released, <laughs> and something about a bear. That was it. <laughs> yeah, she has that, she has uh-huh. that like, strong hook and like that strong theme, so it's a good good starter champion. I, I mean, I agree. I think Annie's a great mage to pick up, like, in terms of gameplay, because I think she has a very clear, you know, you follow the stun pattern, and you get used to using abilities, which is one of the biggest... One of the biggest hurdles for anyone trying to starting to start playing League is, you know, say Rebecca, you were talking about not, you know, having the hands on the keyboard, that type of thing. You know, it's, <laughs> so I, I love Annie as a starter champion. It's funny yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah, I think Annie is one of the. I think maybe the first champion that I feel like her lore translates super well to her gameplay and just like you know how how she looks and her quotes and I don't know. It's just all kind of right there. Yeah, they very. It's very much. You can see kind of why she's like a flagstone type champion. Like they kind of got it all all right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, on the Riot Universe page, Annie has a bio and a short story called Trouble, and then there's a cinematic Annie Origins, which is essentially just a cinematic of the bio. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Although there were some differences that I'm interested to talk about, at least in terms yeah. of uh, the vibes it gave me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I think both in detail, like actual factual what's happened, and also in terms of general tone. I would yeah, agree. yeah, yeah. For sure. Definitely, the cinematic definitely kind of goes into a bit more detail on things that the bio itself just kind of gives you a, a hand wave on. Yeah. Well, one big thing is, you know, Annie has a really, really dark backstory that if you just kind of read it in a bio, it is tragic. But to see it played out, um, especially like a little girl in these really violent situations, it's very different to visualize it. Mm-hmm. Like, indeed, it's it is affecting, I, I would say, in, <laughs> yeah. in, in a very sincere use of that word. Yeah, yeah especially and and. Again, like everything kind of came together in that cinematic too. Like the the music and the art style really reinforced a lot of that emotion that that made all of those moments hit that much harder. Yeah. Um, so, John, do you want to give us a summary of the bio? Sure. So, Annie is the child of two mages from Noxus, Gregory the Grey and Ameline. Ameline. I don't really know how to pronounce Amelie. it. <laughs> Ameline. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so they they were kind of in central Noxus, but when Borum Darkwill kind of came to power within Noxus, it kind of brought some instability and they wanted to get away from central Noxus just to, you know, be a little bit safer. So they moved to the Iron Spike Mountains, the base of the Iron Spike Mountains, which fun fact, in the original lore kind of before the whole um, Institute of War Retcon, the Iron Spike Mountains are where Summoner's Rift is located. Oh. I did not I did not know that. Yeah, that was a fun fact. 
<laughs> I did not know that at all. That's I've actually learned something today about really old. Oh man, I love that. That's great. Yeah. So they are they're hanging out. They they build themselves a little cottage and they're living there. Emmeline gets pregnant, has a baby. It's Annie. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> Uh, when Annie's a child, she gets really, really sick. Though she has a she's a very high fever, and then Gregory also gets really sick. So Emmeline kind of leaves them to try and get some water from a nearby river. It's very, very cold out. Uh, she never comes back from that little expedition. Uh, luckily, Annie's fever breaks immediately, um, kind of the day after she left. But yeah. she always kind of is waiting for her mom to come back, but she never does. Meanwhile, over time, Gregory meets Leanna, who has her own child, Daisy, and they get married. Now, this is about where the cinematic picks up. Annie's been used to being an only child, so she has a hard time kind of adapting to having a sister. Obviously, Leanne always takes Daisy's side in arguments. Gregory's trying to keep the peace between everybody in the house. Uh, but it's clear that Annie just misses her mom and is not a huge fan of Leanna. One time when they're out playing together, tragedy strikes, and Daisy ends up having a fatal accident. Uh, in the cinematic, she's actually swept downstream, um, kind of chasing a, a ferry across a, a river, jumping on rocks, slips on a rock, falls. Annie tries to save her, but is unable to. <laughs> uh, she's kind of holding on to, she she hands her, you know, she holds out Tibbers to have her grab on, and unfortunately, Tibbers heats up and gets real hot, and Daisy lets go. I do like how you're giving a very descriptive summer detail of the summary, and yet had yet to mention Tibbers up until just now. <laughs> Tibbers, <laughs> you know, Tibbers. Come you on, know, Tibbers. So her mother had made her Tibbers. Her mother had made her yeah. a mm-hmm. stuffed teddy yeah. bear named Tibbers. It's her favorite toy in the whole wide world. <laughs> Probably her only toy in the whole wide world, but still her favorite. <laughs> Can be both. They're not mutually exclusive. That's true. She's also kind of, as as she's been growing up, she has displayed, you know, signs of having latent fire magic. Uh, her father sure. will leave her in front of a, a fire that he sure has been out, and it'll be rekindled when he comes back. We see in the cinematic a few times when she gets upset, uh, her fire power will kind of come out of Tibbers. And that's kind of what happens here when Daisy dies. Obviously, Leanna blames Annie. And this part is kind of glazed over in the bio story itself. It just kind of says tragedy happens, and then Annie's an orphan again. Well, um, I actually think the bio almost gave a little bit more detail in a way. The bio says that Leanne um, tries to destroy Tibbers. Well, I guess, no, that does happen in the cinematic. Never mind. I thought the cinematic was going to go on and just have Leanne be all pissed and, like, smack at Annie and not do anything. Um, But, yeah, so it, it does say that Leanne goes after Tibbers to try to... You know, yeah. So they're they're a bit vague in the bio as to like what exactly happened and and why she's so upset. But basically, that whole thing happened with Daisy, and then Leanne's arguing with Gregory, and it's like your daughter's a monster. <laughs> and Annie gets all upset and cries in her room. She her emotions are high, and fire starts, which seems to kind of happen around her. 
So she accidentally ends up burning the cabin down, and her father tries to save her, and in doing so, he dies in the burning cabin as well. So it's just Annie and Leanna, which Leanna is not enthused about. <laughs> uh, Don't worry, she only has about five minutes to be unenthused. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's Spoiler. basically, you took everything from me. <laughs> so then she takes Annie's toy and tries to tear it apart, which, pfft, not gonna happen, lady. Annie gets very upset. Tibbers turns into full-grown bear Tibbers and kills Leanna. Mm. Although we don't see yep. full-grown bear Tibbers in the cinematic. We just see the silhouette of full-grown bear Tibbers. Yeah, and you hear a roar. I was very disappointed by that. You were? I, I like it. I think it's it's much like, you know, it's like a horror movie monster. When you show it, that's that's the money shot. So you gotta, you gotta really, you know, get it ready. I don't know if this was the right one to show it in. I yeah I get that I definitely just think Tibbers like at surface level the idea of like a teddy bear coming to life sounds really funny and that he's giant but like Tibbers is terrifying like he's a like a flaming giant bear and I would like to see that if you want to see Tibbers in a full cinematic uh, even though it's not linked anywhere on Universe or even on the wiki really Mm. um, watch the Twist of Fate cinematic. Uh, then you get to see Tibbers yeah. in its full, ragey, burning glory <laughs> for at least a few seconds before Baron eats him. Aww. Yep. Did you Did you see the statue back when when they had it on the grounds? That, yeah, I'm sure you did. The yeah. big one. Yeah. That yeah. was actually intimidating. Tibbers is really scary when you get up close to him in real life. I would <laughs> he say. really is. So, like at the riot campus, in case you guys haven't seen pictures, there is a a mm. life sized. <laughs> Annie and Tibbers right in the main hallway uh, and it does actually glow like mm-hmm. they have lights inside of it so Tibbers like glows in the dark with like the fire yeah um, his eyes glow all seams. Yeah, mm-hmm. his eyes glow it's a very cool statue yeah and yes very intimidating would not want to fight <laughs> how do we feel about the bio was this about what you all expected or um, I, I actually thought we'd get I, I didn't realize it would be covering so much of what the cinematic did i thought maybe Mm -hmm. the cinematic would be covering like either a different part of the past or or something but i mean it was it was fine i'm I'm sure it was it was a lot more enlightening when it was just the bio and there wasn't a cinematic to go (laughs) along with it Uh, but yeah i thought it was fine sure yeah um i mean you know i think the it's interesting his, his naming on her father gregory the gray i think is a holdover from from old league lore where Sometimes her mom and dad were part of a cult, and sometimes mm. it wasn't so much a cult, and sometimes they, they kind of led a group that was cult. Like, the Grey is a, a name that I think has kind of persisted through Annie lore. Um, so when I saw that, I, and I was a little familiar with, with some of those older stories, and I was I saw that, and I I, uh, I very much thought, okay, that's definitely something that's persisted. It's almost like a vestigial name that's kind of stuck around <laughs> through the ages. It doesn't. It's a weird name for a character, I think to have this weird Gandalf the Grey almost style name. <laughs> yeah, I actually didn't realize that he was also a mage. I thought just Ameline, Ameline or whatever her name is. Was... It doesn't read that way in the cinematic at yeah. all, I think. Yeah. It, it, there are a few points, this and the way that the cinematic talks about her becoming an orphan, where it seems to imply that um, Leanna's attempting to destroy Tibbers was kind of the inciting incident for killing both of the parents. Yeah, I think to me it's true. probably just yeah. a... This is like almost 
it, it, it starts to become a question of what's like just a riot inconsistency where <laughs> this was written and then the cinematic came out like two years later or whatever. I don't know the exact timing. I could be entirely off, but where it's just something, some things just don't line up and it's just a mistake. And if somebody was taking the time that we go through and fix that, you know, does that seem like that's the case here or? Yeah, I, I think know. so. Yeah. And Which is or, fine. Or you know, it's a lot of like... fucking lore. It's a lot of shit. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, like, it, I wouldn't say it's necessarily an inconsistency yet, just because they never actually said that she killed both of them. They just kind of left it very vague, and they, I think they maybe intentionally left it vague with the That's fair. intention that they could play around more with it later. Like, I get the feeling they do that in a lot of their lore sometimes. They leave things just vague enough that they can introduce new characters to uh, to someone and have them have characters be related, even though it wasn't specified in the first character's lore. Um, yeah, that's true. It's true. Like even even very recently with uh, God, what's her name? That new gunslinger. Oh, um, Senna. Samira. No, not Senna. Samira. Oh my God, Samira. Yeah. <laughs> just like you know, leaving things vague enough that like now they can just insert Rel into Samira's backstory and have her kind of be the person that was like very vaguely talked about in mm-hmm. Samira's story. Like, mm. I mean, that's. It's a fair concern to have, frankly. You know, if you if you want to continue to introduce champions, I, I don't yeah. fault them for it. You yeah. Know? yeah, I think the bio in particular, I'm very cool with it being a bit uh, vague. I guess because I think that I guess that's what's come as out first, right? <laughs> so they need that ready at a certain time, whereas yeah. the stories they can kind of linger on and work more. What do we think happened to Annie's mother? Because I think that that's is, a really good question. Yeah, that is one thing that. I she's going to get ice water, which not okay. But <laughs> <laughs> what do you I want? They're living out in frontier times. Yeah, who the fuck knows? And then she just disappears, and we're assuming that she has done some kind of sacrifice. Is where my brain went. Yeah, kind of like made sure, a deal maybe, with yeah. the the dire bears to be like, hey, I will give my life if you protect her. Like cure my dirt like save my daughter basically and watch mm-hmm. over her or something like that yeah 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 i would be v- very interested in that story for sure yeah and that would be that a great thing to read champion and that champion oh <laughs> annie's mom Can turn into a bear <laughs> get, that way we get another shape changer champion get a, like a nidley style but it's a bear oh that'd be make cool. it right come on Riot, half woman, half bear champion, please. She's a bear I, that I just carries dope. around a woman doll. Date she Uder, throws the doll on, and it turns know. into a woman. <laughs> just, just reverse Annie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But yeah, it, it's an interesting connection when you look at the cinematic because, I mean, Daisy, that's probably the same river, right? That, that Daisy drowned in? Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. river is just taking lives left and right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they really should put up a fence or something. I don't know. They need a crossing guard or somebody. Right? Stop having the only way across it be slippery rocks that you have to walk on. <laughs> so, are we going to talk about the cinematic as as well? I mean, we we yeah. it's it's so tied into the bio. I, I would say, you know, I think when we were talking about Amumu, I talked about that video being my second favorite thing. This is my most favorite uh, thing that Riot's ever done creatively. That's I, why I you waited because we were so close. Yeah, I was like, it's fine. I'll, I'll just say that because it's it's not some Zed or Yasuo thing, you know? Yeah, it is but. really well done. They picked an art style that's going to hold up 
for a long, long time. Um, very cartoonish, I guess. Almost like a watercolor painting. I don't know yeah. art. It's so. like an animated watercolor, basically, which is actually something that I don't feel like I've seen anywhere else. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very, very unique, like immediately striking when you're watching it. Yeah. 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 I I I love it. I, I remember I remember seeing a few like splashes of just stills um before it came out and I knew that I was gonna love it. And when it came out I loved it. I it's my favorite <laughs> it's my favorite thing I gush about it. And watching it again, I love being able to watch it. It's great. Well gush, what 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 do you think it is about this one? I I think because it's it's hard to say. It's 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 similar to what I like about the Amumu thing and that it feels like, I don't know, there's, there's heart to it. I guess I would say there's mm. an emotion that's being communicated that has not, that's not like what you would expect from so many other things that Riot has made, which are great, but like, like the rise music video might be my third favorite. And that's an entirely different thing <laughs> of this is just fucking dope. I just want to watch this shit over and get hype. But this is like, Oh, I could sit down. This is something I would show to someone as like, this is, something I really like about League, which is, I don't know, the way these characters, sometimes these characters really, they, someone, like, I don't know, some, I, it's hard for me to just put into words, but I feel like someone just saw this and said, I really want to, here's an opportunity to do some really cool storytelling, and let's do it in this way that is, uh, I don't know, I couldn't, I wouldn't expect something like this from most other, you know, video game IPs, I guess I would say. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I do like a lot, and, and I don't think we necessarily touched on it a lot with the Amumu one, but kind of having some some insider uh, knowledge on that one, it was very much like that was not, that release was not associated in any way with any sort of new Amumu skins that were coming out. Amumu wasn't, isn't like a, a hot character that was going to draw in crowds or anything like that, like he wasn't a super picked <laughs> character. That was just something that like Christian Link was like, hey... This would be really cool. And then they were like, yeah, it would be really cool. <laughs> like, you want to do it? Like, I would like to do it. <laughs> like, and I really like that that opportunity to pursue things that you just think will be fucking cool. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. So Christian um, used to be in charge of all of the music. Um, pretty legendary at Riot. I feel like I remember you telling me that they wanted Christian to make a song, uh, like another kind of music to promote the game. And he said, I'll do it if I can make it about a Moo Because <laughs> that was his favorite champion. I don't know what... Now I feel like I have all these Riot myths in my head. I don't know which one's true. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely... It's a passion project and you can tell Uh, and it tells a full story in a way that a lot of the ones their other animations don't which again they're very hype they're really hype to watch the fighting ones are really fun and seeing like what champions are gonna pop up and save each other like you know that's very fun but this one's like it might make you cry (laughs) it might yeah (laughs) Yeah. no matter how many times you see it I mean, you're not you're not wrong. It 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 again. This this one also affects me, you know, with a big capital uh, A. You know, it's like, man, I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I it's hard to put into words. I will say one of my favorite points of the video too was just the the shot after her dad gets uh, hit by kind of the falling beam in the house, mm. and then he drops her. And the shot like goes, and then she hits the ground yeah. and immediately like bounces up, and then it transitions to the scene that the the mm-hmm. cinematic started on. I thought that was such yeah. a fucking cool editing moment. <laughs> there were a couple so of much. really good scene transitions like like that. I think in that whole sequence, um, 
it, there are there are a couple. I would have to. It's it's hard to to describe them specifically and, and capture the effect. But yeah, um, yeah, that was something I noted in rewatching it. Oh, I really enjoyed that. Tier one. Yeah, yeah, sure. The 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 tear dropping and then flipping and then turning into the bottom of a door jam. Like again, hard to describe. But like, go back and watch the scene <laughs> where like a single tear falls from Annie's eye near the end before she catches the house on fire. So fucking I wish cool. I wish I knew more about animation because I don't know if that's like good storyboarding or if that's good just general shot composition or what. But whoever was doing that part of it, you know. S yeah. S plus. Take a fucking loot box. <laughs> God damn it. I imagine it's storyboarding, although I'm not positive. I would cause... I would I would guess, but I don't I don't fucking know. I'm an idiot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I watch a lot of like animators react to the cinematics and I know that like the, the animators themselves are very much like they're always talking about the director. Mm. Like I don't know who the director sure. was on this animation, but like holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um it is great. There's a lot of tragedy here. It really, because the bio kind of talks about how Annie isn't getting along with Daisy and Leanna, and then it kind of, it jumps to the tragedy happening and uh, Daisy dies, uh, the little girl. But in the cinematic, we get a scene where uh, Annie's dad tells her, you know, one day you're going to be playing together before you know it. And then they are. Like, that's the next transition is they're giggling yep. and they're having fun. They're turning into sisters. And right as that happens, that's when Daisy dies. So, yeah, it, yeah it's really, really painting, like, uh, uh, just how tragic Annie's backstory is that you don't really catch it in the bio so much. It is also the first thing I've seen or watched that made me immediately want to start playing the champion. I just wanted to start <laughs> playing Annie because it just was so fun to think about uh the next thing is a short story that i feel like changed annie's character a bit in a way that i find a little confusing so i definitely want to talk about that but the short story is called trouble it's by michael uh does anyone know how to say his last name i do not um i'm sure my guess would be worse than yours i c j o I do not know. Yi Chow, maybe? Michael Yi Chow, I think. I'm not positive how to say his name. I did look it up, and then it just immediately erased from my brain. And also, I listened to, like, <laughs> ten different pronunciations of it. They, none of them are the same. Um, anyway, but do you want to give us a summary on the short story, Mark? Sure, yeah. It, it's it's pretty short in terms of the actuals, what happens. But this is this one's told from the, bar, the uh, perspective of a bartender called um, Marson, I think is his name. Uh, and I assume this is in the northern frontier of Noxus, about where Annie and her parents originally settled. Because it seems like she's kind of just roaming that area by the end of her bio. Does that sound right? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, um, so he's he's tending bar, um, cold winter night, and Annie shows up, this little innocent enough looking girl. <laughs> and she orders milk at the bar, and a, a large surly brigand starts eyeing her up for kidnap and ransom. I think it's his original kind of suspicion where he's like, oh yeah, your parents would pay a lot of money for you, wouldn't you? And Annie yeah. kind of says, oh, they're, they're dead. <laughs> and then the bartender gives her her milk and she pulls out a fat stack of coins <laughs> and <laughs> just lets it all go. And she's like, oh, oopsie. <laughs> and you know, there's coins just going everywhere. And the brigand's like, oh, I'll take that money. Um, and Annie kind of warns him off, kind of mentions Tibber's eating the man who they got the coins from out on the road who tried to stop them and the brigand you know kind of scoffs at her and he he takes the takes tibbers tries to pull him away from her and 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 Annie gets very very uh 
evil sounding, I guess you would say. Her <laughs> voice go, goes low and she says, don't take terrors. He doesn't like being pulled. Now, Marson is, throughout the story, Marson is constantly kind of remembering the way you avoid trouble is do this or, or that. Um, but he doesn't, he, he doesn't avoid trouble in this case. And he looks around and, and all of a sudden just fucking shit goes wild. Chaos just erupts in this, this inn. Fire, you know, the sounds of, of men dying and screaming. And he, he peeks up over the bar and he sees this giant. There's a really cool description of, of you know, Tibbers, obviously. This giant shadow bear. And they talk about Sinu, um, you know, piecing together the pieces of it and fire coming out from the... Uh, the would you call them the seams i guess you would say yeah. i thought that was really cool the idea of it being like actual you know like tendons and shit that yeah. was holding tibbers together yeah yeah he turned into meat <laughs> yeah it sounds really cool um and tibbers is sitting there holding that brigand and annie and he has this great line she's like you're right tibbers he didn't like being fooled either <laughs> which i loved i thought that was great um but tibbers has killed everything in that end and they let the bartender leave and annie and tibbers leave out through the end as it collapses. It says it collapses as they leave. So I hope we don't know if Marson survived. He may have, he may not have, but, um, but that's trouble, um, in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, I, I do really like the way this is written again, from an outsider's perspective, looking at the champion. I don't know why I prefer these short stories. Maybe it's because, uh, we know the champions as outsiders as well. So it's just, kind of easier to connect in that way i also like how in the um prose he says that annie hop skip jumps away which is a delightful little nugget in there if you play annie she says that uh as you're walking all the time (laughs) hop skip jump just (laughs) um one thing that i felt a little um i don't want to say put off because i really liked this and i really like the cinematic but annie feels way younger in this to me um she almost seems like a like a girl who's so young that she doesn't really understand what's happening um at all and i don't know she just felt younger whereas in the cinematic she felt more like she was i don't know maybe seven or eight and a little bit more sinister in that she's kind of discovering what she can do and maybe as she leaves her home she would start doing it intentionally whereas in the short story it almost feels like it's all an accident still does that make sense see i kind of i kind of got a different feel on it like i kind of felt that everything she was doing was intentional like the whole putting all of the gold on the counter instead of just taking out enough to pay like it was all just a massive bait (laughs) (laughs) to kill it outsmarted what did she want to kill everyone there was that what do you think her end goal was or just that guy she wanted to like test him and see if he yeah would. just okay. like you know just to see yeah i guess maybe it was <laughs> the dialogue in a way felt younger but she could have been doing that intentionally as well kind of uh aging herself down in a way to lure people closer that makes sense yeah i was gonna say i kind of err with you rebecca i think there's <laughs> in general a bit of um there are i don't know there's a bit of a a, a, a divide between annie and and as she's depicted in some places and Annie as she's depicted in other places. And I think there's, there's like a missing link almost where I, I believe yes. you that this Annie became this Annie, but I, I do need the fossil record for you eventually. You got to give it to <laughs> that, me eventually to prove it. That's it. Yeah. So in the cinematic, it's again, a really tragic story. And I don't think she necessarily feels bad about Leanna, but she certainly is upset about Daisy. She's devastated that her father is dead. And, but when we see her, 
some time later, we have no idea how much time later, she is now just a mass-murdering, heartless demon child. And I, I kind yeah. of was under the impression that Annie was just like that. If you don't watch the cinematic and you just play the game and read this short story, you would take Annie as being just like the Antichrist, I guess. <laughs> just like a completely evil, evil child. But in the cinematic, she's not, you know, she's a real ass kid who, you know, sometimes lights the house on fire. See, I thought you know. that the the end of the cinematic too, like the whole burning of the daisy, like that was kind of what that was symbolic of. Yes, but yeah. I feel like it, that's too it's too different for me. The the cinematic Annie to the short story Annie are just two drastically different girls and I I would like a an in between of I don't know. Yeah. I would agree. I think that if you were going to devote the resources and time to it, a, an eventual visual update of Annie would the goal would be marrying those two concepts and also yeah in terms of lore bringing her into Room Terra cuz right now she very much is isolated. In, mm-hmm. in a way that she doesn't interact with anyone really she just kind of roams around in her little spot and not mm-hmm. much happens you know yeah no, so no it related anyway. characters and universe yeah, yeah yeah i would really like to see her you know make her way into the lore in someone else's story and i'd like to see her a little bit older i think not much yeah. older but especially in game i think she they make her look very young in game i would say she's like five in game yeah. whereas in the in yeah. the cinematic she again she looks like eight or nine like I yeah don't know. and also the the cat ears <laughs> is also oh, like that's yeah, a whole other yeah. thing it's like I forgot so did that. she get those in the forest or, or what <laughs> what happened did she rip them off an actual cat <laughs> amelia crafted you know sat there knitting these beautiful cat ears and backpacks it's like it's just such an obvious holdover from her, her original design and i would like yeah. i said if you're going to do a big visual update, I know she got a, a bit of one to get her effects, you know, up to snuff, but mm-hmm. a big update would be let's let's make her Annie as yeah, we... Vola Bearer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that type of thing exactly. Let's make her Annie in, in that uh, that true sense. Mm-hmm. So, so kind of going back to your your earlier note on the on the why it's kind of interesting seeing these stories from an outsider perspective. I feel like something one reason that I really enjoy it is that pretty much all of the League of Legends characters like they are all like larger than life they all have these like mm. crazy supernatural abilities that other people in the universe do not seem to have that's true. and when you're seeing stories told through their perspective it's super normalized that's just something they can do and it's never really thought of as like oh this is this is pretty cool when I mean, you see an outsider and like this little girl walks into a bar and then her <laughs> fucking teddy bear turns into a giant bear like you finally get to see like oh no this is this is weird this <laughs> this shouldn't yeah. be like this <laughs> i think it would take a very particular type of writing to go from their point of view i think a story from annie's p- point of view could be riveting but it would take a very very special kind of writing and a very good writer to pull it off it have to be done better than atrox yeah definitely <laughs> yes <laughs> no shade yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would agree. Um, yeah, I think you got a really good point about that. Do we have any other thoughts on the story? Any? I, I mean, I, I also really liked it. Um, I, I really enjoyed this. This is definitely in the category of you should read 
Um, even if you're yeah. not like a massive Annie fan, it's just a fun little almost horror story. I, I, Rebecca, how do you, as a self-professed horror fan, how do you feel about the fact that it feels like there's so much horror, or at least you know, in League so far anyway, that we've gone through? I feel like there's a lot of it. Am I yeah, wrong? Yeah. Uh, my only thoughts on that would maybe be that there are a lot of writers contributing to this and a lot of horror fans. So maybe it just kind of bleeds in. And horror and fantasy is fairly easy and fun to mix so that could be a part of it um sure. yeah i think when you have this this many cooks in the kitchen so to speak uh everyone's kind of personalized sub genres are going to blend into your giant genre which in this case is fantasy so yeah yeah i i'm not really sure what else could maybe cause it because when you look at league you don't think horror but a lot of the short stories end up being slightly horrific <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like this is the reality of, of League actually being real. Or, <laughs> That's like, oh, true. Fuck. <laughs> Maybe League is horror this whole time. And we didn't know. I mean, you know, if you think about it, it's, man, why would you want to live in a world where any of this shit was happening? That's Hard true. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't want to be one of these people in the stories who's just having a drink at a bar and then a fucking bear explodes me. That'd <laughs> suck. Right? Most of those people didn't do shit. That bartender got burned. He might not have survived that collapsing in, and all he did was, you know, serve some milk. It's funny because I feel like he was more of a neutrally gray character because he was very much like, yeah, he wanted to try to protect Annie in a way, but not at any point would he was he willing to put his life on the line to protect yeah. Annie. He That's was about true. to walk off. Oh yeah, he's like, oh. That's very oh, true. He, he's definitely about to take this child. I'm gonna hop in the back room real quick. <laughs> yeah, like he was, he was <laughs> dipping. Like that guy was out. <laughs> He was like, when That's you a see a ghost point. in phasmophobia, we, he was ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> we got the EMF-5. We're good. That's the only way you survive. <laughs> yeah. It's like it says. He knows how to avoid trouble, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm curious about Annie, in a way, because she did, she let him live, because, you know, he was kind of nice to her, but ultimately, he was about to let her get kidnapped. I wonder if she really just, if she's truly Dexter, if she really only harms those who deserve it. And accidentally, her dad slash stepmom. Although her stepmom was kind of an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe not killed by a giant yeah. shadow bear asshole, but, uh, That's you know, true. That's, yeah. Yeah. But she's a child. She doesn't have that level of nuance. Right? Yeah, that was a whoop. That was a whoopsie. A whoopsie daisy. <laughs> a whoopsie. Ah, daisy. I that one's it. my bad, guys. <laughs> So I did look up a little bit when when we started the story and we kind of talked about, or not the story, but the, the bio, and we were talking about how Annie's parents left Noxus because of the instability by Borum Darkwill. I did look up a little bit kind of about historical Borum Darkwill stuff to figure out what exactly that instability was because I was curious what would cause like kind of two seemingly powerful mages to like leave Noxus because it was too dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it specifically says mages leave. And I, I also tried to find some stuff about why the mages specifically. And and Borum Darkwill is a name that is all like it's all across League lore. Um so I'm curious to see what you found. Yeah, so while I couldn't necessarily find something specific about why mages would be targeted, I did see um, a few, I, I have kind of theories. So Borum Darkwell in general was, he was the head of Noxus and he was trying to, he was trying to crack immortality, basically. He wanted to figure out how to not die. 
Um, and as time progressed, he became like increasingly desperate with trying to figure this out. So it kind of started with, you know, having, um, I guess like LeBlanc try and help him find a cure. And then he decided to invade Ionia because he figured that, you know, they, they have artifacts there that might be able to help him, uh, become immortal. And then when Ionia started fighting back, he was like, all right, we'll just send children there. Then I bet they won't fight children. Um, (laughs) and that's kind of when he, you know, he, sent in Swain and Singed to kind of cause crazy havoc there. Um, And my guess would be that with with the growing paranoia and desperation with which he was searching for immortality, that the mages there probably felt like, oh no, he's probably going to ask us to do some shit for him. Mm -hmm. And then if we can't, he's probably just going to fucking kill us. (laughs) That's about where he's at right now. Yeah. Uh, luckily, he did not live long enough for that to happen. Because Swain found power first and <laughs> fucked him real good. Hell yeah, Swain. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's actually a, a pretty suitable explanation for it. Um, that that's that all, that all hunts for me. That all tracks. <laughs> Whatever you, is the word that we use. <laughs> Any other uh, last Annie thoughts? Yeah, I got I got two. The first one is about um, the cinematics. So the the weird pixie that they follow is that Pix? Mm-hmm. Is that Lulu's Pix? Oh, it looks exactly like Pix. I didn't even um, think about that. Where's Lulu from? Do we know? Probably where Yordle's. I I, I went and looked at the Lulu lore. She is a Yordle. Um, she is involved with she's involved with, the, with a glade, like an eternal glade that I think the Yordles originally spring from. Um, and Pix is, you know, her, her pixie friend. Pix is, is kind of a troublemaker. There is a, a bit it re, I read in some story about Pix picking the, gosh, I want to say wings or legs off of insects or something like that. Oh. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Pix is, it might be a little bit more nefarious than we might think. I don't know, but it, it certainly looks like Pix. If it, if it's not Pix, I would say it's at least whatever Pix is, a fairy of some kind. I don't know for sure. Hmm. But, Interesting. I mean, it's really dark, right? Picks killing children. That is fucking dark. I guess it's an accident, but still, god damn. <laughs> Fuck. So many accidental deaths of children. The, right. Uh, the second thing is... Well, I have three things. The second thing is Daisy. Is Daisy Ivern's Daisy? Because... Ivern's oh. golem is called Daisy, and if you go and read the lore, it talks about how he found a river stone. Like, what was God? What was it? I need to find the exact specific thing. Um, he found a wounded stone golem. Seeing that it was fading, he fashioned a new heart from a river pebble and named her Daisy after the flowers that sprouted from her. So, Daisy drowned in a river. Does that mean that that pebble was, has Daisy's soul or some shit? I'd really like that. I, I had heard that theory. Uh, I think it's. It kind of tracks for me. It makes me feel really bad when I play Ivern because I feel like Daisy's kind of a useless piece of shit when I play him. <laughs> well, <laughs> She's a child. That, it's not her fault. tracks with the lore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, it's, it's it's a bit of a coincidence, I would say. And it could just be the big C, but maybe it's just an X-File. We'll just figure it out later, I guess. <laughs> um, 
the last thing I was going to say about Annie is that I think Annie kind of stands in a unique position in that, in that there's not a lot of children who are champions. There's Nunu, who's the, the one who's a human child, I think. Then there's kind of Fizz and kind of Nar, but Annie's the one who does all the, the harm and the damage. So she's kind of a unique champion in that way. Almost everyone else, I mean, yeah, essentially everyone else is a big monster or at least an adult. You know, Lux, you know, maybe the youngest who's not, you know, a, a child. Yeah, I guess I if you know. count, I mean, I mean, this is another one of those weird, like, time rule type things, but I guess if you oh, Zoe, count, yeah. count someone like Zoe. <laughs> yeah, Zoe, I was going to say also is weird because she's, from her perspective, a child, but from our perspective, she's thousands of years old or some crazy shit. I don't yeah. know. Mentality yeah. of a child, despite being alive all those years. Um, Does Annie, yeah. Annie does age though, right? There's nowhere in any lore that says she's not going to age? As far as I know. As far yeah. as I know, she's okay. just a, yeah. a pyromancer human. Yeah. We're just catching her, you know, here. <laughs> Interesting. I'd like an adult Annie. Yeah. Like a time split type line. I would just like to see, because, you know, they kind of span a lot of years in the League lore sometimes, so it would be nice to get a story of, you know, what they think Annie would be as a 30-year-old woman. Yeah, I would definitely be down. Who still carries teddy bears? I bet she'd get teased. I bet at, at that point they all know who she is, and nobody's teasing her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of places you could go with that. Really, um, the sky's kind of the limit for Annie. Mm. You, you know, she could go anywhere. Um, I'd like to see her turn good. Sure. Yeah, I think it could work for sure. Goodish. 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 Just use her powers yeah. for, you know, that that like gray line good where she yeah like, like a collie. Oh, I was thinking even more gray line. Okay. But I, I guess a collie does murder a lot of folks to keep balance. Yeah, that's a probably yeah. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Collie's got kind of a dark streak to her. We didn't talk about it much, but I think she did. She, they do kind of capture that in some of her her short her short story. She's got a dark streak, and I thought they did a good job of that with Annie's uh, cinematic. There are a few moments talking again about it where you can see that she enjoys, you know, having that that power. You know, she hurts Daisy and it has a big smile on her face for a half second. You know, I, d- I didn't do this on purpose, but it was fucking cool, and I'd do it again. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that is Annie. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Oh, yeah. John and I do another podcast together where we watch the highest rated movie and the lowest rated movie in a franchise and talk about it. It's called The Series of Unfortunate Sequels. We just watched A Christmas Prince, which was very fun. Uh, but, yeah, jo- join us uh, next week when we get to talk about our first newish champion, the weapon of the faithful, Aphelios. Aphelios.